Ephesians chapter 5, beginning with verse 25. Bible says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. That it should be holy and without blemish. I'm going to preach to you today from this subject. Welcome to perfection. Population zero. Welcome to perfection. Population zero. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your presence and your spirit that's in this room. I pray, God, that your spirit would do what it wants to do today. In the remainder of this service, Lord, let your will be done. And God will be quick to praise and magnify you and give you all the glory for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise as you're being seated this morning. Hallelujah. And I'm going to need you to help me preach today. Amen. You know, we tend to be competitive shoppers. We are. We are competitive shoppers. We look for what pleases us. And if you don't have it, I'll go somewhere else. Now, that's my generation especially. Now, the generation of my parents, the generation of my grandparents, and the generation of some of you that are in here this morning, you, were, you handled things a little bit different. If a, a business deal didn't go exactly the way it should somewhere, most of the time you'd sit down and have a conversation with that person. You would come to an agreement of some kind, you'd work things out, and then you would continue doing business with them. But in today's day and time, my generation, there's so many options that if I don't like the way it is in one, one place, I can just load up and go somewhere else. That's fine. I'll take my money elsewhere. If you go somewhere, I mean, let, let's face it. How many of you have stopped going to a particular restaurant because the food wasn't the way you wanted it and the service wasn't all that great. That's fine. I don't have to go back. There's plenty of other places to choose from. And if they all fail me, well, then I'll just go eat at home. We've got options. I'll never forget. I bought a car at a particular place in Tyler. Bishop, I'll never buy a car at that place again because they did me wrong on a warranty issue. I took it to them several times while I was still under warranty, and they never found what was wrong. And then when my car was 200 miles past warranty, guess what? They figured out what it was. Now here's the problem with that. I understand that sometimes they can't figure it out until it reaches a certain point. I get that. But the problem I had with it was this, is he told me, well, we can't do anything with it until it gives us a code. But Bishop, when they found what was wrong with it, they slipped up and told me it didn't give them a code. They never got a code. It just They just all of a sudden figured it out. And then they told me that, well, since you're out of warranty, this is going to be on you. $6,000 worth of work. Sorry, no deal. Guess what? I'll never buy a car there again. Why? Because we're competitive shoppers. And we've got options. Here's the thing. That has started coming into the church. If I don't like it, then I'll just go somewhere else. If I get upset about something, I'll just leave and go to the next one. People are on a mission to find the perfect church. You know what I call those people? Goldilocks Christians. 
looking for the perfect church. There are Goldilocks Christians. This one is too loud. This one is too quiet. This one's too hot. This one's too cold. This preacher sweats and screams. This preacher whispers and gasps. This one, though, this one is just right. People are looking for the perfect church. I'd like to tell you this morning that there is a perfect church for you. It is faultless. It is without blemish. It is ideal. It is flawless. And it is unspoiled. This church is complete. It is whole. And it is absolute. I'd like to point you today to the perfect church. Now, you might be saying, it's kind of vain, don't you think? A little bit arrogant, don't you think, that you believe that this church is perfect? I'm sorry. I didn't mean this congregation. It's not what I was talking about at all. We're not perfect. Now, don't, don't misunderstand me. This is a great church. It's a great church with great people, but we're not a perfect church whether you've been here two or three times if your first time or whether you've been here 300 times, it really doesn't matter. What you need to understand today is this. You're surrounded by an entire congregation that is a collection of flawed, wounded, and blemished people. We're not everything that we ought to be. We're trying to. We're striving to be, but we're not perfect. We're not everything that we need to be. And so I want to say this. Please don't think for one second that you won't fit in here because you're not good enough. If all of our dirty laundry was aired out in, in the front and in the open before you today, we'd all leave embarrassed and we'd never walk through the doors again. But what I'm telling I'm not making an excuse for our sin because if we've got sin in our life, we need to repent. But I am glad to tell you today, you don't have to be perfect to come to God. You don't have to have everything all together to be a part of this church. You don't have to have all your ducks in a row for God to move in your life. We're not perfect. I'm not making excuses for our sins because we are called, in the Word of God, we are called daily to repent. But what I am saying to you is that we better remember that everyone who sung on this platform today is a sinner saved by the grace of God. Every musician that stepped foot on this platform today is a sinner saved by the grace of God. This preacher right here, I'm nothing more than a sinner saved by the grace of God. This church is not perfect because you and I are here and we are not perfect but I'm here to tell you it's a great church and it's a beautiful thing to be a part of the family of God and let me just let me just throw this in there and and don't don't get all twisted up and don't get offended at me but this is just the truth and if you're honest with yourself you know it is if by chance you do Find the perfect church. Please don't join. Because you'll mess it up. That goes for me too. I'm not pointing fingers at all of you. You see, I know better than anybody. I know my weaknesses. I know my failures. I know the areas where I fall short. I know the areas where I need the grace of God in my life. I know the areas where I'm thankful for the verse that reminds me that His mercy is made new every morning. Because guess what? I need His mercy every single day of my life. Ephesians chapter 4, beginning with verse number 11. And He gave some apostles and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. For what? For the perfecting of the saints. 
for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Why? Till we all come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. We aren't there yet. Anybody perfect this week? Did anybody walk in the doors today? Puff your chest up a little bit and go, huh, I deserve to be here. No. We're flawed. We haven't reached perfection yet. We are on a journey. We're traveling toward Jesus Christ. We're doing everything we can to get closer to Him. And so we come together on Sunday morning. We get here at 10 o'clock for Sunday school, or a few of us do. The rest of us need to. Because when you hear teaching like you heard this morning, I'm going to promise you this, it will help you grow and get closer to God. And the ones that were here are the ones that clapped. The rest of you don't know what I'm talking about. Let me just just put in a plug in, in all seriousness. Get here to Sunday school. If you've got kids, get your kids to Sunday school. They need to be in there. Our Sunday school teachers aren't babysitters. They're teaching and loving on your kids and trying to get them to heaven. It's it's 10 o'clock Sunday school. That's not that hard, folks. If Sunday school starts at 10, and we're normally out of here by 1230, let me ask you something. How many of you are planning on watching a football game today? Three plus hours. And you probably won't get up and go to the restroom except for one time at halftime. And you'll be, uh, you'll be glad if the game goes to overtime. But Bishop, you let me or you start preaching until 1245? Whoo, Jesus, help us all. People start doing sign language. You don't know what that means? That means somebody's long-winded. But that game goes to overtime and we're going, yes! Free football! Get here to Sunday school. We don't have church on Sunday night. We're going to get you out quick. You'll be out in time for lunch. But your soul needs it. Why? Because you don't have a wing, you don't have wings and a halo yet. We all need every bit of help that we can get to become everything that God wants us to be. We're not there yet. We've still got a long way to go. Collectively, we come together. Sunday school at 10 o'clock. Worship at 11 o'clock. Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. And that's it. That's all. But we come together collectively. Why? Because we've made our mind up and we've committed to the fact that I am learning, I am growing, I am maturing, and I am becoming. And I'm not going to give up and I'm not going to turn around and I'm not going to stop because I know that this is the only hope that I've got. world gets bent out of shape and Twitter explodes this weekend because two girls in Hollywood broke up. Church is the only hope we've got. People are all up in arms about guns and they're all up in arms about a wall and they're all up in arms about this and they're all up in arms about that. I'm here to tell you, in 2019, the church of the living God is the only hope we've got. 
And if I could say it as plainly as to say it this way, I'm an idiot if I try to do anything besides get my family to the house of God every single chance that I get. Why? Because there's a devil out there that's after my boys. There's a devil out there that wants to destroy my marriage. There's a devil out there that wants to destroy my home. And I've got to say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we're not going to be lackadaisical in our walk with God. We're going to be everything that God has called us to be. I don't care if the church isn't perfect. I don't care if they sing a song that I don't like. Believe it or not, Bishop, there's songs I don't like. Now, I like the songs they sang today. I do. I do. But there's songs out there I don't like. But if it's glorifying Him, Brother Melton, as long as it's glorifying Him, can I lay aside my preference for three and a half minutes and say, God, I don't like the song, but You're still worthy anyhow. Perfection. We all want it. We all, at times, demand it. But we never, ever give it. People are looking for a perfect church. I've watched people leave church over the craziest and most petty things. And so let me just forewarn you. Someone in this room, at some point or another, is going to offend you. And if you keep me around long enough, if I haven't already, at some point, I'm going to offend some of you. It's not because I want to. But I'm not perfect. But we do serve a perfect God. We serve a God that when we walk out those doors and we see the beautiful landscape around us. We see the green grass and the, the beautiful blue of the sky and the white clouds. And, and it's, it's not just really blazing hot right now. And the weatherman said we've got about 10 to 12 days left of temperatures in the 90s. We're almost there. Just hold on. I know the weather's not perfect, but we're almost there. Just hold on. And I walk out and I see all of that. And I have to recognize there is a perfect God that formed every single thing that I see. But in, instead of just stopping with all of that and saying it's good enough, He formed man out of the dust of the ground. And He formed man in His image. And He breathed into man the breath of life. And the Bible says that man became a living soul. And He knows my hang-ups. And He knows where I fall short. But He still reaches for me. He knows the mistakes that I make on a regular basis. But He still reaches out and He wraps His arms around me and he reminds me all over again I just want you to know that I love you I just want you to know that I'm for you I just want you to know that I've got your back I just want you to know that I'll fight your battles for you if you'll let me I just want you to know that I'll go before you and I'll make your crooked path straight and it's going to be up to me to recognize my need of Him. You know how I know that I need Him? It's for one, because I've tried to do things without Him. That didn't work. But the Bible tells me how much I need Him. It tells us in ways where it just comes right out and says it. And then it tells us also in ways where we kind of have to dig a little bit. We kind of have to, to look into it a little bit. Like this one. I've told you this before. When God created trees, He spoke to what? The earth. 
He said, let the earth bring forth trees and living and blah, blah, blah. And he went on. And, and all of a sudden, next thing you know, boom, here we are. We got trees. Unless you're in Odessa and then you don't. But thank God we're here. When God created fish, what did he speak to? Spoke to the water. He said, let the water bring forth. And here they are. When God got ready to make man, what did he speak to? He spoke to himself. He spoke to the earth for the trees. And a tree can't survive unless it's in the earth. He spoke to the water to create the fish. And the fish can't survive unless it's in the water because that's what he spoke to to create it. But when God created man, he said, let us make man in our image. And that is why you and I cannot survive unless we are connected to him. I've got to have him. And so anybody and everybody who wants to be closer to God is welcome to join us on the journey. Anybody who wants to be more like Him is welcome and invited to come along. We may all be in different stages of the process, but we all should be advancing. And we all should be growing. And we all should be getting closer to Christ. Perfect? No. We're not perfect. And if we've ever presented that image to you, I apologize. Because we're not perfect. If we've acted that way, forgive us for our pride. Because we are still on the journey. I throw myself on the mercy of Jesus every single day. And I know that some people would look and say, but wait a second, you're a preacher. You're a Christian and I'm not nearly what you are. I was in a room this week right here in Gainesville. A couple of fairly prominent men in town and another pastor in town. We were all just standing there talking, cutting up. And I made the comment. We, a, a particular topic came up, and I, I named a certain individual that nobody, really, nobody here really knows. It's just it's, it's connected to me. I said, yeah, they think I'm as lost as a goose in a snowstorm. And that other pastor looked at me, and he said, oh, man, he said, if you're not going to make it, we're all doomed. I stopped and I thought, I know I've always said people are watching. I know I've always said that people pay attention when we go out into the town, but right here's the proof. Because immediately one of the other men in the group spoke up and he said, that is a fact I can tell you. And it brought me, I stood there and I just kept a good poker face, but on the inside it brought me to my knees, Sister Lynette, because I thought, oh God, I know my failures. I know my faults. And I'm just doing the best I can. I've got to throw myself on the mercy of God every day. And I know that. But I'm thankful for this verse right here. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 10. It says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. I'm thankful that God's grace has kept me from being destroyed. I'm thankful that God's grace has kept me from being buried a long time ago. I'm thankful that God's grace has allowed me to be in His presence one more time. And anything that I'm becoming is because of Him. And anything that I ever develop into is because of Him. I'm a man just like you and I fall and I struggle and I fail and I mess up. But you know what I do? I come back to the altar. I come back to the cross. I come back to the fountain of God's grace. And time after time after time, God picks me up and He hugs me and He says, it's okay. Let's try this again. It's okay. Okay, let's do this one more time. 
This is not a perfect church. And so, imperfect people are welcome here. What I'd like for you to know today is that you, everybody, take your finger. Take it like this and say, me, I fit here. There's not a one of you that's messed up too much that you can't be a part of this church and this family. There's not a one of you that's made mistakes so great that you are excluded from being a part of this church. You fit here. And I know what you think. I know what you think. You're thinking, yeah, but you don't know what I've done. Well, touche, you don't know what I've done. You don't know my faults. You don't know mine either. And that's fine. We fit here and we fit together. But I'm not what you think I am. That's fine because we're not what you think we are. I've got some baggage and I've got mistakes. That's fine. We've got baggage and we've got mistakes too. But welcome to the church. We've all got a story we could tell. We all know the verses to the song that we just sang. There's no mountain you won't climb up coming after me. It would do us well to remember that once upon a time I was the one that Jesus had to leave the 99 and come searching after me. Once upon a time, I was the one that Jesus had to leave the rest of the people in the safety of the fold. And He had to walk through some valleys. And He had to climb some mountains. And He had to press through some rocky areas. Because Brother Shane, He didn't give up on me. He said, I've got to go looking for Him. I've got to find Him. And then when He found me, He picked me up and put me on His shoulders. And He carried me back. And He brought me back into the house. And He dusted me off. And He fixed my my broken places. And He patched up all of my wounds. And He told me He loved me all over again. That is what this room is full of this morning. This is not a place where you'll be looked down on. This is not a place where you will ever be criticized for your past. You're only going to be loved today and encouraged about tomorrow. When Jesus was dying on the cross, there was an interesting series of events that took place. Nearly all of the voices that day were mocking Him. With ridicule, they called Him the King. Well, he really was, but challenging him to deliver himself down from the cross. Hey, if you're really who you say you are, why don't you come down from there? Mr. Melton, if they had known who they were talking to, they wouldn't have been so quick to say something like that because he could have come off that cross and whooped every one of them. And they made fun of him saying, he saved others but he can't save himself. The voices came from the soldiers, from the religious powers of the day, and then even from one of his fellow condemned criminals. Luke chapter 23 and verse 39, it says, And one of the male factors which were hanged railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. Even through the torment, another of the men there founded in him to rail on Jesus. Uniquely, the other condemned man's perspective was quite different. He came to the defense of Jesus Christ in verses 41, uh, 40 through 42 of Luke 23. He said, It says, But the others answering rebuked him, saying, Dost thou not fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. He makes a request. He throws a hand up for help. And without any hesitation, Jesus reaches and takes that hand. That man looked at the other criminal bishop and he said, 
Dude, what are you talking about? We're here because we deserve to be here. But he looked at Jesus and he said, just remember me. I know I can't ask for much, but I'll ask you this. Will you please just remember me? Certainly this man was not a stellar candidate. He didn't bring any kind of resume. He didn't have any accomplishments that he could be proud of. He was a condemned criminal. He was a thief. He was a violent and an unrighteous man caught and condemned by the justice system. He had no one there that was weeping for him. Society had dusted their hands off and they were glad to be rid of him. It was just another failed life that was being swept away. Surely Jesus was not going to have time for him. Surely the kingdom of God was going to be no place for this man. Surely Jesus was going to look at him and say, thanks, but no thanks. You're really not the kind of person that I had in mind. Surely Jesus can do better than a condemned criminal. But verse 43, And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today you will be with me in paradise. It's amazing, isn't it? That Jesus immediately looked at that man and said, Sure, you're welcome to come with me. Man, come on, let's, we're going to get out of here together. No accusations. No finger pointing. No, hey man, you really messed your life up kind of conversations. Just a gentle voice of a suffering Savior who offered access into paradise for someone who was far from perfect. I know a little bit about that. I remember what He did for me. I remember that I had no claim on His mercy. I remember thinking, oh God, I've really messed up. Oh God, I've really blown it. And I I deserve to be punished. I deserve to be lost. But I also remember saying, Jesus, if you could... Just have mercy on me. And in an instant, Jesus forgave me of my sins all over again. I know what it feels like to realize that you're not perfect, but I also know the beauty of what it feels like to realize that there's still a family of God's people that I can be a part of. There's still a group of people that I can walk into service with on Sunday and we can worship God together. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt His name together. I wasn't perfect, but I fit right in with the church of the living. God. And so this church isn't perfect. Guess what? There is a perfect church. Where is it? Have you been there? No. I'm not part of it. No, it's it's not incorporated with the state of Texas. It's not an LLC not even doing business as someone's name. You can't find an address for this church. It is known as the church of Jesus Christ. It's a worldwide church. And it has members from every land. Revelation chapter 5 and verse 9. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For Thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by Thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. It is a church that is worshiping God all around the globe today. Every single nation in this world, there's people that have come together today and they're worshiping the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And here's the thing about this church. You can't join this church. You can join this one. But you can't join the perfect church. 
There's no class that you can attend. There's no membership card for you to fill out. You can't join the perfect church. The only way you get in is by being born into this church. Oh, now, so what you're telling me is that if I don't come from the right family, then I can't get in. No. That's not what I'm telling you at all. It doesn't matter what earthly family you come from. You have to be born again to get into the perfect church. Jesus called it in, the, in, in John chapter 3, He called it being born again of the water and of the Spirit. The Bible refers to it as being adopted into the family of Jesus Christ. No matter what your background is, no matter what your mistakes are, no matter what your failures are, no matter your, your regrets and your scars, He welcomes you into not a church, but the church. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 10, I'm hastening to a close. Which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but have now obtained mercy. They didn't have it, but then they got it. They weren't perfect, but then they became perfect. You don't have to get perfect to get into the church. You just have to get into the church and then the church will help you become everything that God wants you to be. Because when you get in, He will make you perfect. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 14. For by one offering, Oh. Well, how long does it take for by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified? One time. One touch of His Spirit. One infilling of the Holy Ghost. And Jesus looks down and says, I have perfected you. Oh, what a great God. It doesn't mean you're never going to mess up again. But it does mean that you have perfect standing before Jesus Christ. You come with all your dirty rags and all your spiritual clothes stained by sin. You come spoiled. You're guilty and you're, you're unfit. But God cleans you up and He puts a new robe on you. He puts on you a robe of righteousness. But it's not your righteousness. It's His righteousness. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 9. And be found in Him, not having mine own righteousness which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. When I came into the church, He took my sins on Him and He put His righteousness on me. I found the perfect church. It's His church. I did not fit in, but Jesus made me fit in. I wasn't worthy, but Jesus made me worthy. I didn't deserve it, but He gave me His mercy anyway. And now I'm in the perfect church. It's the church that we read about in the very beginning. It's the glorious church with no spot, with no wrinkle, and with no blemish. That's the church that you and I are a part of. Would you stand with me all over this sanctuary? One day, 
that perfect church is going to stand before God. Stand before Him. Revelation chapter 7 and verse 9. Revelation chapter 7 and verse 9. After this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with their white robes and palms in their hands. Can you see them? Perfect. You found the perfect church today. It's not this church. It's His church. You can't join it. But you can be a part of it. You can be born into it. Born again of the water and the Spirit. For they that have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. When I'm born of water, and when I'm born of His Spirit, I step into a brand new dimension. It's at that point that the Bible tells us old things are passed away. And behold, all things are become new. Are you glad to be a part of His church today? And commit to God all over again. God, I'm glad to be a part of Your church. If you need His Spirit today, His Spirit's in this room. If you want the Holy Ghost before you leave, I'm here to tell you right now, you can have it before you leave. There's nothing that's going to hold you back. All you've got to do is step out and say, God, here I am. God, I need you. God, forgive me of my sins. God, I want to be like you. He's here today, and He's here for you. Come on, I'm glad to be a part of the church. I'm glad to be somewhere where His Spirit can move. to break out in your life. Would you just throw your hands up in the air? Close your eyes. It doesn't matter who's around you. It doesn't matter what anybody thinks. His Spirit is in here right now. And you can have whatever it is that you need before you leave this room. You can be filled with His Spirit. You can be renewed. You can be restored. God's here. And He's here for you.
Amen. Why don't we give thanks to the Lord for what He's done today? Hallelujah. I got something pretty cool to tell you. All right? Anybody believe that it's never, as long as we're on this earth, it's never too late? Got something pretty cool to tell you. During the worship service, while we were singing, the Lord filled Miss Ada Brown with the Holy Ghost for the very first time in her life. Why don't we just give God some glory for that? Uh, hey, that, that is a, that's a miracle. That's a beautiful thing. Whoa, thank you, Jesus. What a great God you are today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. What a great God. What a great God. Praise God. It was so good to see each and every one of you. Thank you for being here today. Remember our small groups tonight at 6 o'clock and uh, the location that you're supposed to be at. If